It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramillo, credentialed reporter and the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. It's been less than 24 hours since the start of free agency, but it has been an incredibly chaotic time. There have been trades, there have been signings, deals have fallen apart, and I'll try to make sense of it all and what it means for your Miami Heat. There's so much going on that, at least for now, the plan for me is to break this all down into three episodes, because otherwise it would be a two-hour episode. No one wants that. I don't want that. I don't think you do. And so I'm going to try and cover different aspects of free agency, what it means, the signings, the people we've lost in free agency, and what other options there might be out there. So here's what we know as of now. I'm recording this on Saturday afternoon, purposely chose to kind of give a little bit of a window to see what the flurry of activity would be like and what the response would be from the team. Here it is. For Miami, in for Miami, re-signing. The Dragon, Goran Dragic, two years, $34 million. The last year, a team option. In for Miami, Myers Leonard, also a two-year deal worth around $20 million reportedly. The last year, a team option. Mo Harkless, a new addition to the team, signs a one-year, $3.6 million deal. Formerly with the Los Angeles Clippers and New York Knicks last season, he now joins the Heat. Avery Bradley formerly of the Los Angeles Lakers, signs a two-year deal, $11.6 million, the last year also a team option. Unfortunately, there have been some losses too. Out from Miami, Derek Jones Jr., airplane mode, gone, joins the Portland Trailblazers on a two-year deal worth about $19 million. And Jay Crowder signs a three-year deal with the Phoenix Suns, worth about $30 million. At least that's the report that we've gotten so far on Crowder's deal. So much activity going on. I don't think there's any 
specifics being issued by teams, no press releases, nothing like that. As of yet, these are all verbal agreements that will soon become official within the next day, week, not much time left before the start of the free agency. I'm sorry, the start of the regular season. And so it was necessary to have so much activity. It's not like it's been in years past as far as free agency. There is no big domino that needs to fall. There isn't a LeBron James where that decision can change the outlook of the league and other veterans are trying to figure out what teams they could join so they can go chase a ring or join a legitimate contender. In this case, teams were looking to chase the bag as quickly and as eagerly as possible. There was a lot of activity. There have been a lot of players moving teams. Teams have added new players, brought back old ones. It's been incredible. I I just... I don't know. There's so much going on, so much movement in the Eastern Conference out West. A lot has happened over the last 24 hours. Again, recording this on a Saturday afternoon, and so far it just seems like you'd have to look up every roster to see where any player's at because I'm not sure that there's any team that has just stood pat throughout the last 24 hours. Oh, Solomon Hill, I should mention, also a possibility to return to Miami. Mulling offers. He's been reached out to by the team They'd like to bring him back. He does fit a role, and I think his personality and skill set does work here. We saw him contribute during the Orlando bubble, and I'm sure that he'd probably be welcomed back by Eric Spolster and the team front office. General thoughts about the free agency from the Heat front office perspective, because standing pat is something that's not just a pun, but it's also the ethos that the team applied when looking at free agency. When Riley said that he wanted to run it back, He clearly meant it. He, I think, saw something in this team, saw the chemistry that was formed in the Orlando bubble and over the course of the regular season before the hiatus took place in mid-March. This is something I've mentioned a number of times. This team liked playing together. They had a lot of great players fit well. Even before the midseason trade, we saw evidence of that chemistry even when there were issues with Deion Waiters, James Johnson, Justice, and others Everything stood very, very cohesively on this team front, and I think they want to bring that back. That they could bring back Goran Dragic, who I'll talk a bit about in the next segment, that's a no-brainer. But Myers, I think, is a clear indicator of that too. So when they want to run it back, it was essential for them to kind of retain as much as possible, and they had to make some cuts here and there. They had to let some players go chase other more lucrative deals elsewhere because, and here's a second thought about free agency, salary cap flexibility or the 2021 plan, as a lot of fans have come to call it, is still the goal. Whether it's Giannis Antetokounmpo or Kawhi Leonard or Victor Oladipo or somebody else, bringing in the whale is still the ultimate priority here. They can't afford to rest on their laurels. This is a good way to bring back this team Still content, not waste clear peak years of Jimmy Butler's career, and still be able to, at some point, via trade or via free agency, acquire another player. The deals are structured in such a way, similar to what we've heard for years about James Johnson, about Deion Waiter's deal, about Kelly Olenek's deal, that they were eminently movable. You can package those four-year, $60 million deals uh, that came with a lot of incentive bonuses and things of that sort pretty easily. We all doubted it 
I think a lot of people doubted whether or not the team would be able to pull off those kind of transactions. But when things ran their course, they were clearly ready to move on from Johnson and Waiters and, and others. And Olenek remains a possibility. He's opted into his deal. It seems like he's going to start in Miami next season. I don't know if there's a move on the horizon. I have not seen or heard anything from any team people. I'm not sourced as far as any deal that's in the works. But if somebody wants to add a seven-foot center with some passing skill and three-point shooting ability, Olenek is a clear option. I, I think part of the reason that he is not as desirable as you might think is that a lot of teams look like they're adding bulk to contend with the Lakers' front line. I'm not so sure that it's as essential as people are making it out to be. You play your style of basketball, and whether you can match with the Lakers or not, that's what you have to deal with. Like, you want a physical presence. I think Leonard provides that for Miami to some degree, but that's also why you dress, uh, address that need through the draft with Precious Achua. And so I, I think that Olenek is not that body that you can throw at Davis. Uh, he's certainly not big enough to contend with that. He's not going to you know, be able to guard at the rim. He just never has over the course of his career. So I, I just he's a center, but a center in name only and in size, uh, not really as far as a positional defender is concerned. And, and look, we're all kind of dealing with all this as we're seeing the news come in. Miami has other options. I will talk about those in another show. There are other big bodies out there that Miami might be able to acquire, and I think they would make a lot of sense. They would fit well with this team. We'll have to see. If so much movement has already taken place in the last 12, 24 hours, I can imagine we'll start to see even more of that over the next 24. Look, there are still players that are kind of just waiting it out, saying, all right, this is what's happening here. I want to join with a contending team. From Miami's perspective overall, I'd have to say it was a very good free agency period. Not quite what a lot of fans were hoping for. And I'll address that again over the next couple of episodes because I think that perception has to change somewhat. There were losses. I'll talk about those later on. But I'll also break down what each signing and the loss of Crowder and Jones means for the team next here on the number one Miami Heat podcast for the latest news, rumors, and more. If you were like me, you were refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds following the 6 p.m. deadline yesterday of the start of free agency. I didn't put my phone down or my computer down till 1 a.m. yesterday, and I needed an energy boost. And that's what I hit Built Go. That was the solution for me because when I get tired, whenever you hit a wall, Built Go is always there as a healthy replacement to energy drinks, but without any of the fake additives, just natural ingredients that last. It comes in one-and-a-half-ounce packages that are easy to carry whenever your wall hits you at a meeting at work, to power through a workout, or to stay updated on the latest rumors and more. Just put it in your pocket and get through your day. It's the best workout gel in the market. It comes in three delicious flavors. I love the peanut butter honey. My wife loves the chocolate mint. Chocolate coconut is also very, very delicious. And how does it work so well, though? I hear you asking that. It combines energy gel with collagen protein that gets absorbed into your system quickly. It uses vitamins, nutrients, honey, and a kick of caffeine to keep you going strong while strengthening joints, soft tissues, and improving hair and skin. So you feel good and you look good too. So visit BuiltGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off on your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today in the latest news, roster changes, rumors, and more, subscribe to Locked on Heat on your favorite app to listen to podcasts and always get the newest episode. I'll start off where it belongs with Goran Dragic. He's back with the team. I have long thought that was the case. I really do see Goran and his personality and fit with his team has been great. We heard from uh, an interview with Sham Shirani of The Athletic that he was mulling other offers. We even saw some rumors creeping up on Twitter prior to the start of free agency that he was walking around New Orleans, and that was probably Benno Udre, another Slovenian left-hander who played for Miami a few years ago. But Goran wanted to be part of this team all along, and I felt pretty confident that was the case, not just because his fit, but his family loves being here, and I think he just he really loved it. He joked about it later on that Jimmy Butler threatened to kick his ass, and I could totally see that in a playful way. But it also means that there's a good chemistry there, a good friendship, and he wants to bring that back. I love the fact that Goran wants to be here, that his teammates want him back, and that the team did everything possible to reach out to him. They recruited him. They actually went to Slovenia or hired somebody to go to Slovenia, filled his lawn of his house with all sorts of signage, welcoming him back and letting him know that his Miami Heat family was always going to be there to support him and be with him. They put up billboards all around town and near where he, he lives, and it's just amazing to see that kind of connection. They they understand that. Like I know it's a silly touch maybe that at this point in his career he probably doesn't need recruiting, but I think it meant a lot to him. He actually even filmed a video about it that was available on Twitter and he announced his own decision to go to to return to Miami. So that was very interesting. And it just always made sense. I, I think I, with him, again, just his he's long had an affinity for the team. He loves Eric Spolstra. He's gone through some ups and downs in terms of like figuring out his role. But I think last year and the resurgence that he had in the Orlando bubble really showed – his commitment to this team and everything else, and, and I think it was reciprocated in free agency. Now, the two-year deal seems like a lot on the outside. It's really not. He's getting paid $17 million this year. He'll likely opt out after next season in order to give the team the additional flexibility that they're looking to add whatever whale, superstar, whatever you want to call him next season. Who knows who that player might be, but as far as it's working out right now, Goran is going to be on this team for the next year. Next season, he'll reassess whether or not he wants to continue playing, if he's healthy enough to continue playing. I had concerns about his overall health, but it looks like he's completely healthy. He's walking around comfortably. He said so in our interview with Sharanya. I think he's looking to continue playing for a few more seasons, and I think he sees the potential here. If nothing else, I, I think that next season for him is just kind of a way of maintaining ground uh, of not losing sight. He, he's such a tough competitor that he'll continue to play as hard as possible. I don't know that he's going to play all 72 games. I would sincerely doubt it. I don't know if he starts the season. At this point, it's all too preliminary. I think he'll play some games early on. He'll probably take prolonged breaks throughout the course of the season, and then he'll re-energize over the course of the postseason once Miami does get into the playoff race. 
He's getting paid starter money, but he'll probably play off the bench. To me, there is no bad side to this deal. Uh, I think it just re-energizes the group. You maintain chemistry. You show people around the league, other players, other free agents, you take care of your guys here in Miami. And I, and I think that's important to show. And I think from Goran's perspective, whether he's recruiting other the Baltic boys or other things like that, I, I just think that it makes a lot of sense uh, from a PR perspective and also a great fit on the team. Like He is a great scorer. His defense might struggle a little bit next season. It'll be interesting to see what happens next with Dragic. But again, I, I my expectations will be that he'll come off the bench and continue to be a high scorer who is capable and a great shooter. Speaking of great shooters, Myers Leonard reached out to the team and uh, he wants to be back here. They wanted him back. They made him a priority. And so they signed him to a two-year deal. A lot more surprising, I'll tell you that much. I had long thought that Leonard was likely out, not because he didn't want to be here or the team had no interest here. I think he was a little disgruntled about his role. My guess would be that they probably told him, look, you were a big part of why we won so much during the regular season. We need you to continue being a part of that winning structure. He is going to be the starting center, the same way he was last regular season. That's my feeling anyway. And uh, I don't know what the market was like outside of Miami. There were certainly a lot of bigs that were getting some deals. <laughs> Look to the Detroit Pistons to see how they added Mason Plumley and lost out in Christian Wood. They made some really strange decisions. And Myers probably could have signed with a team as a backup, as a starter. He could have returned to Portland, who knows? Hassan Whiteside's still a free agent out there, so I think that there's a room, there's a place for Myers somewhere around the league, but he wanted to be here. And I, I actually texted him, and uh, he told me he was happy to come back. He feels blessed to be a part of this team moving forward. He's looking forward to the challenge, and I think that while there are other options as far as Miami is concerned, Myers fit a lot of the things that they were looking for. Not just, I think, the the chemistry issue and that's a huge one like his work ethic the fact that he was one of those guys along with Tyler Hero who worked out with Jimmy Butler at three in the morning in that uh, much publicized uh, workout from last offseason that means a lot I, I think from the heat top brass and the coaching staff they love Myers they love his sacrifice during the playoff bubble they recognize that it was difficult for him to take a step back but they also recognize that he could contribute, which is why they offered him the two-year deal. Similarly to Goran Dragic, it's a team option, which means that he's going to get paid next year, and then he'll have to kind of figure it out the season after that, whether or not he wants to come back to the team, probably for a lower, lesser role and for a lot less money than they were willing to give him this year. So it's a no-loss situation here. You bring back a guy who know who can stretch the floor. He's comfortable playing alongside Bam and Jimmy Butler. They win. Yeah. His weaknesses are still going to be there. He can't change that. He's not going to make plays for others. He's not a versatile defender like uh, Jay Crowder, but he's going to start and he's going to get 20, 25 minutes off the, you know, as a starter. And then you're going to bring in Precious Achua and you're going to have him play alongside Bam at bio. And if Myers doesn't like it, unfortunately, well, he's just going to have to accept uh, a demotion. But I think he's going to be able to continue to play and stretch the floor and do all the things that he does well. I mean, he's a guy that you love having around that locker room. I think. Jimmy Butler really wanted him back, and that means a lot to the team front office. And so that's why they were willing to sign him to a deal. Um, and the, his willingness to take that short-term deal, something that I did not think was likely to happen. Again, a huge surprise. 
but it makes a lot of sense for him to have that kind of comfort level. He wanted to be part of this team. He wanted to stay in Miami, and it all worked out for him. As far as Mo Harkless is concerned, I'll talk about the new additions to the team in another episode because we have to kind of break down what their roles are, what they do well, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. He's out of St. John's University. He's 27 years old, an eight-year veteran, 6'7", 220, <laughs> briefly a member of the team last season when he was part of the Hassan Whiteside trade. Uh, he was a member of the Portland Trailblazers, and then he was shipped out to the Clippers in that deal, that three-team trade. And he joins former teammate Leonard, who was also with the Trailblazers a couple seasons ago. He's not a volume shooter. He's known mostly for a wing defender. He shoots around 33% career-wise. He shot a little higher with the Clippers last year, which a lot of people were wondering, well, why the hell didn't you just keep him if he was going to be that good a shooter? That shooting regressed when he was traded in midseason to the New York Knicks in exchange for Marcus Morris. Or was it Markeith? It's hard to keep track of all the more. I. But in any case, uh, you know, he's a defender. He has some skills. He can get to the rim. He's still young. I think there's two pluses here for me. He's going to make up for the loss of Derrick Jones Jr., and he's going to improve in Miami. I think at this point, he's not the flashy addition, but he makes sense because you fill a need. You replace Derrick cheaply. He's a better shooter than Jones Jr., a more consistent one over the course of his career. I don't think you have to retrain his shot. You don't have to get him to expand his range. He's a bigger body. Is he as mobile? Can he guard quicker guards? Is he as good a perimeter defender as Derek? No. So there's a little sacrifice there, but offensively he fits better. Defensively he fits well enough. And I think, again, he's going to improve here in Miami. I, I think their track record of getting the most out of players is something you have to be able to take some comfort in. And so for Harkless, it's a great opportunity to get a one-year prove-it deal. You can thrive here, be a good player, embrace the work ethic, and I'm sure he's heard about what the system is like here from Myers. And if that's the case, he chose to come here, not just for the money, but for the opportunity. And that's a great sign because he wants to come in here. He's willing to do the work. He knows what it entails, and he's going to put it in. Speaking of work, Avery Bradley. He also signs with the team on a two-year deal, a team option in that second season. So, again, another deal for him to be able to you know, continue to do what he does well. He had a resurgent year for the Lakers, always known as a consistently good defender on the perimeter. He's 29 years old. He's a 10-year veteran. He had seven years with the Boston Celtics and has since bounced around a lot because he signed a long-term deal, had to be moved in order to acquire some of their younger players, and he's had stops in Detroit with the Clippers, with the Grizzlies, and then last season with the Lakers as a free agent after Memphis had bought him out. He's a Rodney Magruder type to me. They both played with the main red claws, ironically enough. So I think to me it, it just kind of speaks of a guy who knows what he's doing on the perimeter He's a great defender, he's quick, has great reaction, and I think that's the role he's going to fill here. Can he still light it up from outside? Nah. He is not an ideal shooter. You don't want him with the ball in his hands. He's not going to make plays. That was part of the problem is that he was expected to take on a bigger role, and he's just hes a Magruder. He's a guy who defends well, who busts his ass, who works hard. And so he's a great fit, culture speaking, here in Miami. From a perimeter defender perspective, he guards the point of attack. You make up for the the weaknesses of a Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, Kendrick Nunn. And you get a guy who has experience 
on playoff scenarios. He's played with the Celtics. He, he's played with the Lakers. Uh, he did not be. He was not with the team in the Orlando bubble for a number of reasons, and now he chooses to be with Miami and and to continue to contend for a title. So I think it really helps as far as again what they were able to bring to this team. You address your needs. You maintain chemistry. These are plug and play players. No time for development with a short season. They know how to fill a role. They'll fill it. And I think that's a great key to having this be looked at as a successful free agency. Any other player, any big name, a guy like Gallinari would have changed your approach this season. Would have You would have had to scrap what you did so well. With Bradley, with Harkless, you're basically throwing them in there as guys that understand how to fill the role that they're going to be asked to fill. And that's crucial, seamless. You don't have time for this. You don't have a long training camp. You don't have a, a chance to break guys in. Look, there's a number of reasons why you can't bring in a key player like a, a Gallo, a bigger name, because they want a lot of money. They, they want to sacrifice Miami's need for cap flexibility. I understand all that. But also from a cultural perspective, a fit, these guys, these additions make perfect sense for Miami. I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that I love this free agency for Miami. I think it was successful. I think it was good. I think this year has always been about holding the status quo. You didn't want to change too much from a team that made the NBA Finals last year. There was no need for that. And if that's the case, these moves all make perfect sense. But the Heat also lost some key players from last season's magical run, and I'll talk about what that means for Miami. You're listening to Locked On Heat. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just a reminder, they can always reach me via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. You can always hit me up in the DMs, too, if you've got a question about free agency, about our new draft choices, about everything. Uh, I'll be here and available for you, as always. Derek Jones Jr., after a few seasons with Miami, after having uh, been acquired from the Phoenix Suns, he chooses to get the bag, I, I guess. I mean... He wasn't really securing much of a bag here because it was only a two-year deal. But that second year was such a huge thing. It was such a huge priority for Derek and was not something that Miami was capable or willing to give. I, I'm sure they would have loved to have brought him back. Despite his diminished role, despite his limited skill set, and I believe that's actually the case, I think they just they would have loved to have brought him back on a one-year deal and then to kind of stick around next season and readdress where they are with the team and whether or not they can pursue a longer-term deal. He's a good friend with Bam Adebayo. I think that Bam would have loved to have him back. But I think everything here kind of run its course, too. I think there was just so much him here for him to explore as a growing player, as a, a player who wants to make as much money as possible over the course of his career. And uh, he just had to go elsewhere. And I wouldn't be surprised, however, with him of a return down the line. 
Like his fit here was a two-way street in the sense that he loved being here. They loved having him here. He worked hard. He did everything that was asked for him. Would they have loved for him to be less foul-prone? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he wasn't capable of putting on much weight. I don't think he ever felt comfortable bulking up. He's just a guy who's slight, and I think that's part of who he is physically. And he kind of is perfect in that sense that he'll fill a role for Portland. He's got a clear, defined role there as a wing defender. He's not going to be asked to take up too much of the scoring load. They made some other changes there. They brought back Ennis Cantor, a guy who's not a great defender. So now it's great to have a weak defender on the back line when you've got a stronger perimeter defender in Derek Jones Jr. They brought back Carmelo Anthony on a big deal. So they brought back Rodney Hood. He re-signed with the team. There are, Portland made some smart moves too. Again, really simple, good moves. No, Nothing flashy. They didn't swing for the fences. They didn't have the capacity to do so. They just made smart moves to fill their roster up. And Derek makes a lot of sense there. He won't be asked to do too much. Terry Stotts is a great coach. He'll figure it out with him. And and I think that he's he's going to continue to thrive again. Though I wouldn't be surprised at a reunion down the line because he's just he's a Miami guy now. I think he's part of this team. He achieved success here personally. He was able to prove it. Any place that you can continue to do the work where they maximize what you're like as a player, and then you can go and get paid from it elsewhere, similar to Tyler Hero, similar to Josh Richardson, all these guys that thrived here in Miami and got paid as a result, I think they'll continue to have a strong connection to South Florida. Jay Crowder, that was a little tougher because he's such a journeyman at this point, and he just had a really, really good half season. It was a strange half season, but think about it. He was acquired in February their season ended in the NBA Finals in October, but there was a long break in between. It was no no surprise to me that he'd go find a contract to elsewhere. His words, the way he kept saying, look, I, I got to find some security. That was pretty clear that that was his goal. And I think that he would want to be here in Miami, all things equal, but the team just could not offer him a long-term deal. They would not. And I don't think he was worth that sacrifice. I don't think either of those two players was worth that sacrifice. If you're going to make it for anybody, it'd probably be Goron. And even then, at 30, I don't even know, 34 years old, I don't even know that you would try to make that accommodation for him. You don't want to break your franchise. Look, we're seeing in free agency, and I keep saying this, and I mentioned this with James Harden too, you don't necessarily want to bend over backwards to accommodate players. That is a sign of a weak franchise. What you do is what you continue to do, and do it well. I know that sounds cliche or oversimplified, but you never want to go out of your way. Look at look at Charlotte. They're constantly finding a way to re-identify themselves, rebrand themselves. Last year, they signed Terry Rozier to this huge contract. This year, they got a, a you know a top three pick with Lamella Ball. Now they're in the market for Gordon Hayward. So much has gone on, and and they're no closer to success than they were five years ago. They've barely tasted tested the playoffs, you know. And and I think to me. What Miami does is say, look, we'll give you the role we want, but we've got a bigger picture that we need to fulfill. We cannot accommodate Jay's desire for security at the risk of losing out on Giannis Antetokounmpo. You might lose out on Giannis anyway. It always, you know, it's a gamble. But I think Miami has proven that you take that gamble every time. It worked out with Jimmy Butler. It worked out with LeBron James. You do what you can to maintain flexibility, you always understand how you can juggle pieces around. 
Maybe you sign Jay to a long-term deal and then you include him in a sign-and-trade with another superstar for another superstar, excuse me, next season. Maybe they just didn't want that kind of restriction. Who knows? There's a lot of doubt among NBA front offices right now because of the salary cap situation, because of the instability of next season, because of the lack of revenue from fans that is not going to be there next season. So I think if you look at what Jay was looking for security. He was traded five times over the course of his last contract. He'll probably be traded again. He's going to struggle. I'm almost sure of it. I hate saying that because I think Jay is a good fit with Miami. He was fun to talk to. I like seeing him thrive in Miami, but he started to regress towards the end. There were limitations on what he could do in Miami's offense, and that's not going to change because he is who he is at this point of his career. Miami was able to get the best version of him. And I'm not so sure that the Phoenix Suns are going to get that. So again, I, as much as I dislike saying it, and it's not like I want to trash the guy, I wouldn't expect him to be in Phoenix for three years. That's just the reality. I don't begrudge either of these players getting the money. I think business is business always. And from a player perspective, I love guys who will go and get money or find happiness wherever that might be. If it's in Miami, black and red, or if it's elsewhere around the league, go get it. Whatever makes you happy, whatever your needs are as an individual, as a human being, chase it. I'd love to have Jake Crowder back. I'd love for Derek Jones Jr. to be back. It just doesn't work out that way. You'll find a way to move on as a fan. You'll be able to identify with Bradley when he steals the ball out on the perimeter and leads to a bam at a bio fast break or... (laughs) <laughs> a precious Achua fast break. Believe me, you're not going to regret the loss of Derek Jones Jr. Uh, he, look, he was great for some wonderful highlights. I think you're you're still going to find the ways of replacing that next season. They'll probably get a tribute video at some point when they come back. Uh, it might be a little unlikely considering what we don't know about fans in the arenas, but I could see them both being welcomed back with open arms here because they did contribute to a great season for the team. But moving on, in another episode, I'll continue breaking down free agency on who the Heat lost out on, what other options might exist for the team, and how other contenders in the East have changed their rosters. Remember to get your team every day just by asking your smart device to play Locked on Heat as soon as you get in your car. I'm David Ramil, signing off and thanking you as always for your support. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.